welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week is another Wheel of the Year episode where we are going to discuss Beltane. Mm. <laughs> and I just really love how our, our recording schedule is just dovetailed with the Sabat calendar this year. Like, yeah. it's just been so perfect. Yep. So, like I said, Beltane or May Day or the 1st of May, depending on where you are. And growing up, it really should have been a clue to me that my mom was not, you know, a traditional sort of person. May Day, because May Day was like a super big deal to her. We used to make bouquets and take them to the neighbors and leave them on the porches. I remember going to May Day celebrations that had like several maypoles so that every kid could have their turn. And yes, it is also International Workers Day. And there's just so many different celebrations and different names for it that there's no way we could cover them all. But there, we're going to hit on a couple of fun ones. So this is a sabbat about life, celebrating the creation of life. More specifically, this is definitely a fertility sabbat. Uh, it's about sensuality, sex rituals that have gone around um, along with this, if that's your thing. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Nine> more. <laughs> All right. Not today. <laughs> and so you may wonder why so many sabbats have fertility at their core. And historically, we're looking back in time to an agriculturally based society who didn't have the sort of access and storage capabilities that we have. They were absolutely always concerned about having enough, having enough to get through from harvest to harvest or from season to season. So now we can look at these rituals and sabbats through a more metaphorical lens. What are some of the things you want to flourish in the coming months? What are some of the things you would like to plant now to be able to harvest later? And of course, you may be needing the concept of literal fertility or even the hope of a harvested abundance in the future. You know, all these years I've heard things about the maypole and seen little things people have in the maypole. And uh, I never knew some of the traditions. So when I was researching this i read one i'm not gonna be able to say this without laughing that on may day eve the night before men and women would sneak out in the woods and have some fun and then the maypole dance was actually the fertility to hope that they were pregnant pretty sure in my old days if i knew that i would be doing a counter <laughs> think that would work westy i don't know could be oh, no. <laughs> no more fertility for me <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I love that. Traditionally, Beltane is a fire festival that used yes. a form of sacred marriage, that going into the woods and having a good old time. The May Queen and King were crowned and married, and their union would help promote the growth and prosperity of the land and community. This is probably why hand fastings are very, very common. Um, on this spot, hand fasting is short version. It's a pagan form of marriage. The longer version is it's a legally binding tradition in some older cultures where you hand fasted for 
X amount of time. And when that was over, you could continue and do another ceremony and renew the contract, basically. But or null and void, save mm -hmm. a lot of money on divorce. Um, yeah, exactly. Katie and Justin, <laughs> the uh, minister told them about it and they were going to do it. And they didn't know they had to get the ribbon. So they had to have a, a virtual Aww. ribbon. But what he told them is um, on your one year anniversary, the groom was supposed to present that to the bride, I guess. Kind of as a, look, we're still together. I don't know. It's in Celtic tradition, you would, you know, you'd bind at the ceremony and yeah. then at the, it's usually a year and a day, you would come back and renew the contract if you so chose to renew the contract. But if you didn't renew the contract, you'd basically just burn the ribbon and that's go. it. You're done. You divide up your property, you know, like there were clear laws about how things were done. And, you know, if it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out. No hard mm -hmm. feelings. Moving on. <laughs> One very, very popular representation uh, at this time of year is the Maypole. The, the Maypole is a visual representation of the god and goddess. The pole representing the phallus and the floral wreath at the top representing the female form. And as such, is, a, is symbolic of a sacred union and the fertility of that union. Yeah, so I was thinking about that when, um, you know, that we've started a new tradition of having um, crafts for this and our spells. So when I was trying to think of something, I thought of a wind chime and having the ring and the ribbons and all that. So of course, immediately I go shopping online. Um, I got resin, uh, resin discs to put the flowers on and a biker bell, which I never knew even existed, but it's freaking awesome. It has the tree of life on it. Um, and the rings, I'm going to put dry flowers and maybe some crystals. And we're, this is going to be our last remote craft night. We're never going to get tired of saying last remote. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We are both vaccinated and we are just winding down. Yep. Nancy's last my, two weeks. Next shot next Wednesday. So three weeks from today, I'm good. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Sorry. We are just very excited about that. Yes. Bonfires are also very important to Beltane, as this is traditionally when the cattle or other livestock would be blessed by the local druids or other spiritual leaders. A big bonfire would be built from with wood from the sacred trees, so Rowan, Hawthorne, the big protective ones, mm -hmm. sweetened with herbs for protection and blessing, and then the animals would be passed through the smoke of the bonfire. You can recreate this by blessing a candle with herbs of the season and wafting the smoke over you, your pets, or livestock if you have it. You could even make a smoke bundle um, just by taking uh, the herbs and tightly, and I mean very, very, very tightly packing them with um, together and then tying them with twine. Nice. And then as long as they're dry, they'll burn, they'll burn pretty well. This, um, this year, our version will be my fire pit mm -hmm. in my patio. And Kristen and I will be zooming this one in front of my fire pit. I've got a water fountain for water, my fairy fountain. Mm. And, and of course, we got earth, so we got it all covered. Again, last remote. <laughs> We're so close to being done. Oh, it has been a long year. 13, almost, it'll be 14 months. 
So some correspondences for the day are going to be lovely spring flowers like daisy hyacinths, crocus, daffodils. Lily of the valley is a very big one this time of year as are violets and lilac. Um, and I remember we would gather, my mother always had flowers and she always had early bloomers and we would gather up tiny little bouquets and make little handmade paper cones with little handles and go hang them on the neighbor's doors. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was like, I remember doing that up until I would, until we moved when I was 13. So for your altar, some traditional colors of spring. So like your yellows, your greens, your pinks, baby blues, all those gorgeous pastels, but maybe also some emerald green or some deep, deep Merlot-like reds. Nice. I couldn't think of like, I guess burgundy. Anyway, animal associations are going to vary by locations, but generally speaking, it's bees, rabbits, frogs, bluebirds, and robins. I saw a reference to um, in my favorite book. Um, that book is so good. We need to give it a shout out at the end of yeah, the episode. Yeah, right. we're going to give a shout out. Swan. Uh, <laughs> so I have the glass swan that I bought from my mom like 30 years ago that you put the flowers in. But guess what mine's going to have in it? Lavender. <gasps> oh, yay. For the goal on my altar. Um, when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's the perfect thing. It is. Oh, that's so good. So for your herbs, if you're making herb bundles or loose incense or whatever, even for eating. Some are going to be the early spring ones. So mint, mugwort, and woodruff, as well as lemon or uh, lemon verbena and dandelion. And dandelion is one of the earliest bloomers. And it's so critical for the bees because it's such an early bloomer. It's not a weed. It's good medicine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, Dandelion is great. Crystal, you may want to include our adventurine, bloodstone, emerald, jade, malachite, rhodonite, and rose quartz. Um, Remember, if you like, because a couple of these on here are not inexpensive by any stretch of the imagination. So if you need to substitute something else, a clear quartz is always going to be a handy substitute, but you can also use the color associations Mm -hmm. so you could find a rich beautiful green emeraldy like piece of glass yeah like don't don't feel like you have to do the big production um i'm gonna take this in consideration this weekend i'm hoping to have my planner box slash privacy fence done so i'm thinking maybe some mint then i was going to ask you that Mm -hmm. For protection for that area, should I have some crystals buried in the planter box or in the corners? Or I actually have protected entire properties by planting crystals around the, the property line. Mm-hmm. Um, when there was a potential dispute, I buried on it. Mm-hmm. And I buried, um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. It was adventuring. Just as a protection, you know, my house. <laughs> things I might want to against just to kind of keep my Zen area protected. Would you go with a certain stone? For your space specifically, because I've been there and I know what you're dealing with. Um, I, <laughs> I would probably 
go with the biggest chunks of clear quartz I could get and as many of them (laughs) as you could put in a row in the planter. Yeah, so I was thinking. And then that I have the plant, a hanging plant in the corner. And then my other corner is going to have the fish net, so it could have some crystals. We digress, but hey, it's something I wanted to know. You can absolutely bury magical spot ever. The pictures are amazing. I cannot wait. No. Okay, so we're going to go forward to trees. Trees. Hawthorn, which is probably what the maple was made out of traditionally. Birch, rowan. and if you're looking for protection from fae or fairies, place a branch of rowan over your doors and windows. Now we're getting to the fun part. We're going to discover recipes, which guess what I went out on your least favorite place, but it's my regular for everything. I got us organic violets. Oh, <gasps> I, I still have my violet liqueur from my party. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yay. Okay, so the recipe that I'm going to read to you is for making violet sugar and simple syrups. Um, So when I turned 50, we had a party and I had a signature cocktail and it was a violet liqueur-based cocktail. And I made violet simple syrup and violet sugar and I went over the top with it. I just committed. (laughs) weird that I would do that. So finding violets can be difficult or apparently not. (laughs) Just be careful. You want to get organic and. And you want to make sure that there's, that they're edible because there's some that are and some that are not. Apparently I learned that two years ago, but if you can, if you can find them uh, and want to make the simple syrup, it is just so incredibly easy. It's one part water and one part sugar in a saucepan using very low heat because you don't want this to boil because we're not making candy. We're just reducing the syrup. When the sugar is fully dissolved into the water, add the violets. Um, And if you don't have violets, you can do a mint simple syrup or a lemon or really any fruit or vegetable or herb that is consumable, you can make into a simple syrup, really. Um, how, much, uh, how much herb you add is gonna depend on how strong you want the flavor to be. Simmer on low until the syrup thickens to the way, to the thickness that you want it. It doesn't, you don't want it syrup thick but you do want it thicker than when the sugar first dissolves into the water and just strain out the violets, strain out the plant matter and store in a cool dry place or in the fridge. Just like with, oh, sorry. Just with like cheesecloth or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it depends if you use big chunk, bigger chunks of plant matter. Like if you use lemon, Mm -hmm. just to, you know, just pick those out. Like, I've used cheesecloth. I've used my fancy mesh strainer. Okay. It just depends on how big the plant matter bits are. I think I don't think I have a small mesh strainer anymore. Uh-oh, here we go again. I don't have one either. But... I might have cheesecloth. I'll have to look it up. Okay, so three weeks. So, yeah, watch for mold. You'll know when it goes off because it will mold. Is this something you would leave as an offering on your altar? 
I have for sure. Yes. So not all spirit guides, not all deities are going to want booze. Like our natural instinct is to leave them wine or to leave them beer. I leave my grandmother brandy, you know. No, I, um, Bailey, yeah. the last thing I left. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I work with a deity and they only get the top shelf gin because that's the only thing they want. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I guess, thank God they sell airplane bottles at the liquor store. Um, <laughs> Cause I don't, yeah, you don't drink, drink. I don't drink that gin. My gin is cheap, nasty. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but not all deities and not all spirit guides are going to want alcohol. Mm. There's a reason. Okay. I'm digressing. I'm, Santa doesn't want beer. Santa drinks milk. And that is literally an offering to a deity. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs> um, so leave things like a simple syrup or, um, you know, how the fae like bread and honey, mm -hmm. bread and simple syrup. That works. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for your own consumption, do you just add some liquor to this or how? You, add, you can add it to lemonade to sweeten your lemonade. You could add it to an iced tea. Um, you can add it to ginger ale. Oh, just like you don't need, I, my current favorite cocktail is a lemon simple syrup with um, ginger ale and um, my Pim's liqueur because I'm weird and like weird liqueurs. It's a, a English berry liqueur. That would be pretty good with lemon. Mm -hmm. Okay, magic spells. Um, Chris and I were messing back and forth, and she was kind of stuck on um, what spell do you do? And I'm like, okay, I'll get online. I'm like, wait a minute. One of my favorite books that I just got with the last one, The Ultimate Guide to the Witch of the Year. And I'm going to butcher her first name. Anjou? Anjou? Anjou. Anjou Kiernan. Um, look it up. You can get them anywhere. Um, and then when I was looking at that, I looked it up because I was sending you, I think you the name. She has an altar and sacred space guide and a guide to witchcraft. I'm like, oh, here I go again. <laughs> anyway, I digress. But <laughs> believe me, this Sabbath has been a crazy ride for me. <laughs> like, Mm -hmm. So, um, I set this suggestion to Kristen, and it's the one we're going to do, Witch's Ladder. They say this is first discovered in the 19th century, but I'm pretty sure it's been around since as long as witches has been around. They said it was mean to do like hex or curse someone, and then there was the sailors for protection. But it's mainly made with cord, and they string it with beads or feathers or charms. Um, and then I thought, I got those charms. I used to do a lot of cord magic and then brain, brain went somewhere else. Um, but you can't have May Day win without cord magic. So um, the knots can be made in sacred numbers. I always do multiples of three. With this spell, it takes some pre-planning though. Um, so we'll do this on Beltane and I'm going to be prepared and have my steps all planned out. And this is Kristen, something you'll want to do too. Okay. Uh, I did bias. All the supplies except 
orange and olive oil. Oh, okay. I think we can get oranges and I have yeah, olive oil. Three five foot long lengths of jute twine, iron ring for hanging, eight springs of healing herbs, calendula, how do you pronounce that? Calendula. Calendula. Nettle, sunflower, daisy, dandelion, rosemary, I got lavender, a hollowed half of an orange, olive oil, embroidery needle, and long matches or a stick lighter. So first, you're basically going to make the spell, what would you say, just based on one thing you want to have health within your life, whether it's an illness or something. So you're going to have um, something you've been struggling with. And then write down the eight symptoms of the struggle, like physical symptoms, if it's a health issue. Like with you, with the health issues you go down, you could say, you know, the nerves or, you know, headaches or body aches or whatever. So you get those eight things written down. You're going to pour a tablespoon of olive oil in the bottom of an orange peel and swirl dioso, which I actually looked up. So <laughs> where were we before Google? And you have those little apps that actually pronounce it. So dioso three times, which I was like, okay, what the heck is dioso? It's for those of you that don't know, like I didn't know up until this morning. It is stirring from east to west, which is heading towards the sun, supposedly. They also call it a sun swirl. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to tie the, all three pieces of the twine to the iron ring. You're going to begin to braid the loose ends together. As you braid, include eight evenly spaced knots along the length of the braid. Thread a spring of dry herb of the, or the flower. And as you do each knot, you're going to bind the symptom from the list. So like A, radiating pain, get down to knot two, exhaustion, knot three. This is where I was thinking, this is why I might take a little research. If you looked at your eight things and then like I was looking like for me, inflammation, right? So like mm -hmm. what herb would, would I want that would have the medicinal properties maybe too with that? So I might need your help on this. I okay. And then instead of, since I only have the spray of lavender, I thought, well, I could probably just dip the cord in olive oil and then use those dry flowers that we got. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to go down to your eight. And this is where it had me thrown at the beginning. I'm like, eight, that's not magical. But she has us covered. So <laughs> when you're done and finished, you're going to have it in the orange peel. And then you're going to use the embroidery needle to go through the middle of the orange peel to attach it. Um, and then what are you going to do? Finish with a nice knot. Okay. And that's where I'm like, okay, because eight was really bothering me. Letting <laughs> get to the bottom. Um, hang the ladder in an outdoor place that is away from the flammables because we don't want to have to call 911. Uh -uh. Light the twine in the orange peel on fire. And as it burns, visualize the fire destroying each of your symptoms as it goes up the witch's ladder. Once the burning is done, bury all the remains, including the iron ring, in the earth. Kristen's mind is, is <laughs> I can see the, the thoughts going in her brain. So, I, so I've done witches' ladders before. Mm -hmm. um, but when, but I've never done them quite this way. My, I think the way that I've done them has always been more, like, I, I'm not a knot when I need that energy. 
Oh, I see. In part because that's how I was taught to do it. But this way is more fun because there's fire. There's fire. You're going to have to buy the water. So my hose hand in case it goes Yes. Out. Yes. Okay. My fire magic can go a little bonkers. That's what I was thinking. So we want to have it. Okay. It gets a little excitable. I thought this was really cool. Really like I like that. I like the planning out. And then I can take it one step further on for each knot and whatever I'm trying to get rid of, tying in that herb to um, that would mm-hmm. help. So I got to go through my bag of herbs that I just got, all of dried flowers. And I'll have to go see if I can find mine in storage. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to bring you a carrot package this weekend. Oh, thank you. Because I got wooden rings and um, flowers and ribbons. And what else I get? And my ivy has disappeared. It shipped out of Portland on Friday. Oh, no. I don't know where it is. They don't know where it is. It's going to be pretty cool. And I also ordered more flowers. So that's uh, Beltane. We will be posting photos of what we do um, on the website, which is www.lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us, or lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, under Lunar Magic Tea Time, and you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, and Castbox. And there's merch at Teespring. So, like always, stay safe out there, have a magical day, and please get vaccinated so we can get on with life. Bye.